Welcome to the OA Lighter Candle Meeting Podcast. Visit our website at www.oalaig.org where you'll find three separate speaker feeds with over 400 speaker files, forms for ordering CDs for these speakers and a place to donate to keep this special service active. I would now like to introduce our speaker for tonight, Courtney. Thank you. So you'll just tell me at like 10 minutes? Okay. Uh, hi, I'm Courtney, compulsive over and under eater. Hi, um, I am so nervous and uh, blessed to be asked to leave this meeting. Um, I, you know, want to welcome the newcomers, and I just want to say, um, you know, I wish you the, um, the gift of desperation, because it wasn't until I was completely desperate that I was willing to come in here and uh, to take direction. So, um, And, you know, I just invite you to listen for the things that are similar and not the things that keep us separate. Um, You know, I came in here, uh, it's funny, I don't even, I do not count days. Like, for me, that was, like, my perfectionism of, like, oh, I've got to be perfect for this amount of days. Um, I came in, I was constantly thinking about food. Um, I was on a trip to New York, and on the plane there, I was worried about where I was going to eat. Now, I don't know if you've been to New York, but there is, like, a vendor on every corner. Like, that was not going to be a problem. Um, I went to my first OA meeting. I was there for work. I was busy the whole time, and all I could think about was, like, what I was going to eat or not eat or how I was going to, like, get food. And um, I went to my first meeting there, and I, um, you know, my bottom didn't happen until I came into the rooms. You know, I did not want to come in, and then I came in, and then once I came in, it did get worse for me. And... You know, I just had no idea what I was doing. And then once I started to pay attention to what I was doing, I was like, oh, my gosh, this is out of control. And, you know, there's a reason they say, you know, it works if you work it, because I didn't. You know, I came in, and I, I, I uh, sat in the back, and I left early, and I, you know, I just did not want to be here. And all the time that I spent, like, wishing that I did not have this, this disease, it just got worse. And, you know, there's this, this saying, um, awareness, acceptance, and action. It's like once I could accept that I was where I was and that I had the issues that I had, only then could I sort of move past them. And, you know, I'm a big believer in the, in the, in the steps. Um, you know, I have a disease that wants me dead, but it'll settle, settle for me miserable. <laughs> and, you know, my best thinking got me here. Um, and, you know, for me, food was not the problem. It was the answer. You know, if I was feeling uncomfortable, chocolate will take the edge off. You know, if I'm feeling anxious, like, I'll just get something to eat. If I'm bored, what's in the fridge? Like, I'll go to the market. Like, I was going to the market, like, three times a day. Like, and not, and buying, like, one thing. You know, like, it just was, cra- it was just an activity. And, you know, I joke, like, when I first came in, I said, you know, I used food to distract me from my life, and then I had to use my life to distract me from the food. And now today, like, everything is sort of right-sized. And I really, you know, if the God, if, again, if you're new and the God talk sort of scares you, don't worry. You know, the food will scare you right back in. <laughs> um, you know, I really, it's like God is everything or God is nothing. And, you know, it says a God as we understood him, you know, and whatever that is. And, you know, in the big book, there's not a chapter that says we believers, it's we agnostics, you know. It's like no one it's like comes in and is like, yeah, I'm looking for a stronger relationship with God. You know, it's like, no, I'm looking to, like, lose weight or, you know, find a solution. So, um, anyway, I came in and I, I, uh, I, knew, I knew a woman in the rooms and I asked her to be my sponsor. And, you know, right away she was like, these are things you need to do. And I was like, God, that's a lot. 
You know, like I had plenty of time to go to the market all day, but I didn't have plenty of time to make three phone calls, you know, email her my food. I was so put out by that. And uh, so what, did, what else? So I told me to call three people a day, um, email her my food every day, wake up every morning and say the first three steps, and pray to have my narcissism removed. And for me, I was like, um, I'm not a narcissist. <laughs> like, I was like, listen, you know, I have really low self-esteem, and that's why I'm here. Like, because, you know, if I could just be skinny, then I would feel better about myself, and then maybe I would have a chance at narcissism. You know? Like, I had no clue. And... You know, again, I, I urge you to get a sponsor and work the steps. I mean, I did not put down the food until somewhere around my fourth or fifth step. And, you know, I did the things she said begrudgingly. And, you know, I also just want to say, I came in here and I was like, listen, I'll do whatever she tells me just so I can leave this program. Like, I'm going to do everything so that at the end of the day, like, I will know for sure that it did not work for me. And so I did everything. I mean, kicking and screaming the whole time, you know, which, again, which is why I say, like, I wish you the gift of desperation because it wasn't until I was like, my way is not working. You know, I would call my sponsor, and she would give me an answer, and I would be like, yeah, I don't really agree with that. Like, this is what works for me. <laughs> but I'm not a narcissist, but, like, this is what works for me, you know. And then I would ask her a question, and she would give me an answer, and I'd be like, mm, mm, mm. And this went on, you know. And it is for fun and for free here. Like, no one is getting paid. You know what I mean? Like, she was being of service to me, and I'm disagreeing with her, you know. And, again, I, I really, today, like, and I share about this a lot, like, it is a, is a disease of narcissism. You know, it is all about me, and what do you think about me, and what size do you think about me? I mean, it's like, it's about me all the time. And I do believe that if you don't help people and if you're not of service, like, you will pick up the food again. Um, you know, I made those three outreach calls. I called three people that I knew would not be around. <laughs> I called the people that I knew I wouldn't get, the people who's, who I could leave messages for. Uh, but I made the calls. You know, check that off the list. I made the calls. Um, and then... You know, she took me through the big book, and I started to work the steps, and I, was got, and I got really humble. You know, I got really humble. And again, I focused on what was alike instead of the differences. Uh, and I'm just going gonna, gonna to walk you through how I, how, you know, how I worked the steps. Um, you know, step one, it was really easy for me, for me to admit that I was powerless over food and that my life was unmanageable. Um, came to believe that a power greater than myself, again, doesn't say God, just a power greater. I mean, I knew that anything outside of me, there had to be a better way. I didn't know what that way was, but I knew that there was something. And to restore me to sanity, to me, that was restore me to the truth. Like, what was the truth of what was happening? Because my best thinking keeps me thinking, I'm one step away from happy, or I'm one size away from happy. Or if you would just do this one thing, then I could be happy. Or if I could just get this one job. Like, that is my thinking. And so once I admitted I was powerless and I could take a breath and allow myself to be restored to actually see what the reality was. Like, what was life on life's terms? But I was so in the food. You know, and I, I've heard people say, like, I could never understand... Um, you know, when people would say, you know, I had to drop this sponsee or this wasn't working, and I'd be like, how could you do that? And I've come to realize through being of service and sponsoring people that if you don't put down the food, you are insane. And so well, the biggest thing that I got was I became teachable. 
You know, once I did put down the food, I could actually hear what another person was saying, and I was open to being, to, to, I was open to a new experience. You know, I joke a lot, like, I'm committed to having a shitty outcome. You know, like, if you told me something better was coming, I'd be like, I don't know, what is it? Like, let me decide if something better is coming. You know, if you told me to put down the food, I'd be like, well, I'll decide. Like, I'll decide if it's better. Because I'm such a control freak that I need to know. So um, coming to believe that something outside of myself could restore me to the truth and then making a decision to turn my will and my life over to the care of God as I understood him. Um, and those, the first three steps really changed my relationship with a higher power or something outside of myself. Um, now the action steps, and, and step three, you know, it just said made a decision. It, just, it didn't say that I did turn my will and my life over. It just says I made a decision. And so, and for me... It's all about the action, you know. So the decision of making, the action to follow that up of of making the decision was doing step four. And when I did step four, I got really clear about what my part was. And admitting that to somebody else, I was actually okay with that, you know. I didn't think that anything I was going to say could surprise her. You know, I I sort of picked somebody to sponsor me who I felt had seen everything. Um... Step six, we're entirely ready. So six and seven were really difficult for me. Um, Because once I got clear what my part was, you know, I was committed to my defects of character. You know, I was committed. I knew how life was working the way that I was doing it. But again, you know, it goes back to me being a control freak. What was it going to look like if I let that go? And that was really horrifying to me. And it took me, um, you know, I, I took step six. And I was, it was like pulling the skin off my back. You know, it was not easy. It was really, I didn't know who I was going to be and what it was going to look like. Um, and humbly asked him to remo- remove our shortcomings. You know, for me, six and seven sort of go together. You know, and, it, and in working the steps, it, it is all about freedom. You know, freedom from the food, freedom from the bondage of self. You know, self-knowledge availed me nothing. Like, I knew I had problems with food. I just didn't know what to do about it. It was like I was laying next to a lake dying of thirst. I just didn't know how to get there. And if you told me how to get there, I wouldn't listen to you. You know, you told me to turn right. I was turning left with an attitude. You know, it it was all my way, and my way had gotten me here. And I still, even while working the steps, was like kicking and screaming, um, you know, I couldn't even turn my will and my life over to, to let somebody help me. So to turn my will and my life over to something that I didn't know, and, and that goes into, you know, eight and nine, uh, for me, it's also like being free. You know, what was I carrying around? Who had I harmed? You know, making amends to them. And making a person, you know, 10 is, is like sort of continuing staying prompt. And 11 also was really... It, you know, if you sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God. Now, improving my conscious contact with God, you know, I said earlier at the beginning, focus on the similarities and not the differences. You know, if you come in here and you say, I don't believe in God and I don't see God in anything, I believe you believe that. You know, but if you look for evidence that God is in your life, you will find it. 
And it, and it just goes back to, like, what are you looking for? You know, if you're looking at everything half empty, you will find it half empty. If you look at it half full, you will find it that way. And, to, and you know, that is the psychic change that is in the big book that they talk about, well, you know, getting to step 12, having had a spiritual awakening as the result of these steps. You know, it's the growth that happens in steps 4 through 9 that enables me to be free from the food today. You know, you, if food was the answer for me and you were going to take it away from me, you better give me something else to replace it. And to me, that was a belief in a higher power and, and working the steps and being of service to other people. And, you know, it, it, it's not to say that when I first put down the food and, you know, followed a food plan, you know, my absence is just to keep coming back because any rules you give me, I'm going to break. And it is a program of rigorous honesty. Because you could have something and be fine with it, and I could not, and be thinking about it. And I don't want to be thinking about my breakfast at lunch. I don't want to be thinking about my breakfast five minutes after I ate it. And by the grace of God, you know, today I don't. And, you know, I, I am so humbled that, again, like, it got so bad to the point where I was desperate and willing to do anything. Because if I hadn't, I would never have the freedom that I have today. You know, today when I get called to work or I get called to do something, it used to be, what size am I? What clothes am I going to wear? How do I feel? Am I going to be able to do that? You know, I don't know if I can show up for that. And the scariest thing for me was that my life got so small. You know, I was canceling plans and not doing things because I was just afraid to leave my house. And, you know, today I can show up and be, like, terrified and, like, get up and be like, all right, here we go. You know, God will walk me through it. And it's not without the, it's not without the fear. You know, the feelings don't go away. And that was the great thing about the food. The food took away all my feelings. But not only did they take away the bad feelings, but they also took away all the good feelings. So, consequently, I felt numb all the time. And yet, I preferred that because I felt like the bad feelings were going to kill me. And to this day, I did this thing, this crazy thing yesterday. My girlfriend and I, we vowed to, like, do something scary every month. And I have a horrible fear of heights. And so she decided that we would go trapeze flying. And I just, oh, my gosh. Like, I was the girl who was on the high dive, and I would get, like, halfway up the ladder and start crying and then come back down. And so there I was, like, five years old again, crawling up the ladder, and I'm standing there. And I just started saying the serenity prayer. And I was like, what is the worst thing that's going to happen here? Like, you're going to get up there, and you're going to fall. And I was like, well, at least you fell trying. And terrified and terrified, and I went up there, and I'm screaming, and I'm cursing, and I'm like, what am I doing here? And again, I'm thinking, this is going to pass. This is going to pass. And, you know, the first time was awful. The second time was a little less awful. And it's just like how it was following a food plan for the first time. You know, the first day was like counting the minutes until I could eat again, you know, counting the seconds until the next day, like going to bed and being like, no one's starved between dinner and breakfast, you know, or none of you understand how bad the pain I'm in. Like, I'm going to die from a heartbreak. You don't understand. And just how separate, alone, and different I was. And, you know, I argue for those limitations, and I can have them back any second. You know, they're there, they're, they're there for the taking. And... I also got really clear, you know, a friend of mine lost her sobriety. We were on a road trip, and she lost, she had 50 years, and she lost her sobriety. And I really got 
that it is by the grace of God that anybody gets sober or abstinence or finds a program or stays in a program. There is no reason that any that, that she should have lost her sobriety, but you don't know, you know? And so it's like day by day, you know, the shower I took yesterday is not going to keep me clean today. It is a daily reprieve. It is a moment-by-moment reprieve. And every morning, you know, I wake up and I say the first three steps and I pray to have my narcissism, my narcissism removed. And I really mean it today. Like, I really mean, you know, it's that third-step prayer. I think it's the, um, you know, um, let me be of service. Like, oh, my creator, I am now willing that you should have all of me, good and bad. And the more that I fight the bad, the more the bad persists. The more that I can just accept that, you know, when I came in here, I, I, um, I had chocolate every morning for breakfast. I just had chocolate every morning for breakfast. And, um, and I judged myself for it. Oh, you shouldn't be doing this. Like, you know, could you imagine sharing that with, you know, going to your meeting and having to share that you're having chocolate every morning for breakfast? And, and I just kept doing it. And I just kept doing it until I was okay with it. You know, and I, I told my sponsor what I was doing. And, and then I just became okay with it. And then one day I went to the market and I was like, yeah, there's the chocolate. Like, you could have that. And if you have that, you're going to have a stomach later, a stomach ache later. But you could still have it. And making the choice, like, eventually I just started to make choices that made me feel better. And, again, for me, you know, I can abuse anything. And so today I eat and I behave in a way that gives me freedom. Because I just don't want to be thinking about it anymore. I don't want to be worrying about what I had for lunch when I'm, like, walking up the ladder thinking, like, I can't do this. Like, I want to fully be present with my fear and my anxiety and know that it passes and that it is not going to kill me. But I really thought that my feelings were going to kill me when I came in here. And I was not interested in having them. And consequently, you know, like I said, my life was really, really small. And, you know, I don't don't really know what else to share. Um... You know, the, the steps gave me a relationship with myself. Uh, the traditions give me relationships with other people. And if I'm not of service, I will forget. And, this, and also being of service makes me remember that I'm not alone and reminds me that people aren't perfect. I remember one of the first times I called my sponsor, I was crying, 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 I'm in so much pain, you know, I'm going to die from a heartbreak, I'm like, you don't understand the pain I'm in, and she's like, listen, I have a migraine, I'm going to have to call you later. <laughs> and I'm like, you know what, that's it, I'm never calling her again. You know what, I'll show her. And then I was like, oh, there's a phone list. And there's a reason that not everybody can, you know, be there every minute that I need them to be there. It's not all about me all the time. And it's like there's a whole world out there. And I just think that one person or one cupcake or one, it's like I put so much on that one thing. And if you disappoint me, then it's like, then what? You know, and then what? It's like, and then what? You know, but in my mind, everything was so big and nothing was right-sized. And when you took away the food, I suddenly realized I had this life. And, you know, the thing about addiction is that you just don't get to live the life you were meant to live. You know, when you're in your disease, you're just in it. And you don't see anything else. And I'm so afraid of having a big life that sometimes I think, I would much rather have what I know than go into the unknown. And, and what is that saying? Like, life is lived forwards but lived up backwards or something? But I've never, I, I've never looked back 
and been like, oh, things never worked out. You know, I always look back and I'm like, oh, I see, you know, things worked out the way, you know, they worked out. So I don't want to waste six weeks worrying about something that's going to work out. Like, but that's what my disease tells me. That's what my brain, you know, my thinking tells me. Um, and, you know, I tell, you know, I get my sponsors get so angry at me, but I'm like, look, it's not about the food. You know, if we're talking about the food, something else is going on. You know, it's about the food until it's not about the food. You know, it's like once I put the food down, it's really, there, there was, you know, the reason that I ate was to not deal with life on life's terms. So, I, I don't know. That's really all I have to say. So, thank you. Questions? So, questions? So, the question was, can I talk about my relationship about my higher power? Um, so, when I came in, I think it was, I just turned my life my, to the ocean. I was like, okay, that's bigger than me. You know, like, I can turn my will and my life over to the ocean. And I just had to think it in terms of what, you know, or the wind. You know, I can't see it, but I can feel it. Or think of, like, little, you know, I had to make a grateful list um, of all the miracles that I saw in the day. Um, you know, silly things like, you know, a ladybug landed on my shoulder. You know, but it really forced me to look for evidence that I was being carried and taken care of. And then look, you know, in my life and see, you know, I'm so busy looking at what's not there that I didn't get to see anybody or anything that was actually there. Because if it wasn't going according to my plan, and then, you know, it was really, again, in 6 and 7, it was really, I was really forced to look at how much my hands are in things and how much my ego is invested in getting what I want. And, you know, ego is what edging got out. And, you know, by the grace of God, the food has been lifted. And so it's like I could start there, you know. And by the grace of God, you know, I would come into a meeting and I would hear just what I needed to hear. And I did pray every morning to have my narcissism removed. And and that really got me in touch with just how narcissistic I was and how much I needed to let go. So, oh, good morning. Um, so, yeah, I hope that answers your question. <laughs> Yeah. Thanks so much, Courtney. Um, can you talk a little bit about some of the amends you made and how they changed their recovery? Um, the amends. Uh, talk about the amends that I made. So, the amends I made were mostly to my family. Those were the big amends. And it, it was like I didn't take in who they were. I was so busy judging them for who they weren't and blaming them for the problems that I had that I, again, my self-centeredness and all about me, I didn't allow them to be who they were. And really, you know, most of my amends have been a living amends, not so much a verbal amends, but changing my behavior. And I can be like a dog with a bone. You know, I'll call you until I get you. And really letting people, giving people the dignity and the grace to get back to me when they want. And when it comes to sponsoring people, you know, I can make a suggestion, but, you know, they'll put down the food when they put down the food. And it's it's really not for me to say. And, and at a certain point... You know, it is about rigorous honesty, and, and what works for you may not work for me, and who am I to say? So, you know, the biggest amends I make is, like, trying to force my will onto other people, um, including God. <laughs> so it's like I need to do a, I do a lot less, and I say a lot less. Yeah, so sponsoring. So, um, you know, I, I tell the people, that, listen, this is, just my, this is just my experience, but um, I... Um, I tell people to sponsor after they've done the first step. Because in my experience, you, you're one step ahead of, some, of a newcomer. And you have, 
you know, and you can be reminded of like what it, what it was like. And um, you know, I come from another program, and so I didn't start sponsoring. Um, I would raise my hand, but you know, so I would get sponsees, and they would fall away, and. And it was just so interesting because I was like, I, I want to sponsor. Like, you know, like people are ready when they're ready. And and I, you know, and, and I work a pretty strong, pro, you know, like I require a lot of work. And again, like when I talk about like the gift of desperation, you know, a lot of them aren't desperate enough, you know. And and I get, you know, the art, you know, I get the people that fight me because it's payback, you know. So, <laughs> so I get it. But I really, again, you know, I, I, make, I say make the calls, email me your food, and, you know, I don't get into it too much. I try to make suggestions, and it does sometimes reach a certain point where if they're not willing to put down the food, I have let people go. And it's not that, it's just that um, they can't hear me. You know, when you're in the food, like you're, it's like you're just not sane. So, oh, um, I, I think it, I don't know if it's the tense, it's if it's the um, seven step prayer. Yeah. Oh, my Creator, I am now willing that you should have all of me, good and bad. I pray that you now remove from me every single defective character which stands in the way of my usefulness to you and my fellows. Grant me strength um, that I may go out from here to do your bidding. Uh, my absence in my food plan. Um, so I don't eat anything that I'm going to think about after I've eaten it. I don't. I try not to eat any amount that I'm not going to be thinking about after I eat it. Um, I do breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Uh, for a long time, I did a snack. I found I didn't really need. If I got really honest, I didn't really need a snack. Um, when I came in here, you know, I could I could binge on cantaloupe. You know, so it didn't really matter what it was, um, you know, because I could abuse anything. So for me, it wasn't, I was never really a big sugar person, you know, um, so it was never about that. And and then generally, you know, when I, like my first year, I was like, I'm not going to eat this, I'm not going to eat that. And, and that just didn't work, you know, I just would white knuckle it and, um, and so once I had the freedom to do whatever, it's like eventually the more I got through the steps, the more I started to care about myself. And the more that I started to love myself, the better choices I wanted to make. Low self-esteem and narcissism. Yeah, I love that. Um, so I'm like, I'm so unworthy that like nobody cares about me. You know, it's all about me and how nobody cares about me and how... Um, you know, no, I'm not good enough for anything. Um, poor me. You know, I don't know if that answers your question. <laughs> but it's like it's the flip side of it. You know, I'm so great that everything's about me, and I'm so awful that everyone's doing this to me. Okay, so the question is, how, can I, how do you tell the difference between a disease thought and God's will? So generally, my, my, my thinking is like, God wants me to do this now. Like, I need to say this now. Like, I need to take care of this now. And there's this great quote, I think it's like Yoda or something, you know, (laughs) it's like from Star Wars or something, but, you know, he talks about how you will know what the right thing is when you are making a, um, when you are acting from a calm and peaceful center. And generally when I don't know what the answer is, like sometimes nothing is the answer, and I hate waiting, you know, I hate sitting still. So I'm a doer. And, but see, the doing makes me feel like oh, I'm productive and I'm getting somewhere in the world and I'm doing something. And I found 
that for me, it's so uncomfortable to do nothing, and yet so much more gets done. You know, and I love it when people say, I don't have enough time to do the steps, and I don't have time to go to meetings. And I'm like, you know, how is everything else working in, the li- in your life? Because generally when my serenity and my program doesn't come first, nothing else is working. And if this comes first, then everything else sort of falls into place. My most difficult relationships before the rooms and since I've been in the rooms. Um, so my mother is, um, oh, God, this is recorded. My mother is my most challenging um, relationship. And, and I, and I um, when I got to step, and I was pretty angry and resentful with her um, all the way through six. Um, when then I, I was in a relationship at the time and, um, you know, my mother would behave badly and then, um, wonder why I didn't want to be around her. And then I would behave badly and then wonder why he didn't want to be around me. And I really started to have compassion and for myself and for her. And the more I acted out, the more I got like, if I could do it better, I would. And if she could do it better, she would. And, you know, I've heard a lot of people talk about, you know, this person's not safe, and I don't feel safe in this environment. And, you know, I just shared this, but I was, uh, I remember being in this class, and it was not a safe environment. And the teacher said, well, why would I make this a safe environment? Like, what about life is safe? And it really struck me because if I have my own back and if I'm in alignment with God, I'm safe no matter where I am or with who I am or in any circumstance. Like, I'm okay. Like, I'm covered. So anything you do, if I'm, if I'm covered and if I'm serene and at peace, like, it's my problem. You know, and there's this great thing, like, you, I want to be the problem because if I'm the problem, there's a chance that I can fix it. And I started to realize that every time I would get upset or want to eat or want to, like, squash a feeling, um, I had to stop myself and reframe it in a way of, like, what is this person teaching me? Not what is this person doing to me, but what lesson is it that I'm supposed to learn here if everyone is just a mirror to me? Like, something in them is in me, and I just don't want to look at it. Thank you.